Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, the questions for you today are a little bit of a range of questions. Well, I'm going to get you to just talk about helping someone who's riding out on trail, out and about with her horse and having a few problems. And also just to give some advice to a couple of people about how they can connect with their horse. They're connecting really well on the ground, but they want to transfer that connection to what's happening under saddle. And they are having a few problems with ears pinning and not being able to get that forward movement. And someone else whose horse has reverted to um, struggling with the girth doing getting done up and, and has put a bucket in. So I just want to hear your thoughts on how both of those two can progress. So we'll kick off, first of all, with the question from Viv. And she says that she's going out on a trail ride. Her pony will not cross the water unless somebody else is in front of him. However, on the return trip, he's happy to cross any water any time, even if he hasn't crossed it before. How can she get around this one? Um, yeah, Viv, that, that's a, you know, it's one of those common, common things that, uh, horses, horses that don't have a lot of confidence, you know, leading out, um, will often you, you use the uh, confidence of the other horses, like a lead horse or something like that, you know, and some horses, you know, you could be walking on the ground and lead your horse across water, but you try and ride it across and the horse won't do it. Uh, but on the way home, there's enough, um, desire going back to the safety of home and things like that to override you know the situation so the horse is kind of thinking forward so it kind of crosses the water um what's happening when your horse rides out its thoughts are behind it because it's still kind of thinking at home and then the water presents as a bit of a boundary in front of it so it's like a bit of a double sort of i don't want to cross it but maybe the water so so because the horse's thoughts are behind it's not really thinking about the water in front of it so much and it's just easier just to sort of block it not want to cross it um so yeah basically it's just a matter of getting that horse's thoughts on the water getting it to let go of what's behind it so really um you know i i i I, um, might be walking up to water and the horse kind of goes like oh no i don't want to go across that and starts to deflect back a little bit to, to to kind of the homeward direction uh, and that's where I'd sort of just put a turn on the horse and say, well, that's not available. And I just reset them and try again. Uh, sometimes, depending on where your horse is at, uh, I just use without reins, just a little bit of a leg to create a little bit of movement and desire, but I'd have a loose rein. And then the horse would probably fold back a little bit to to home. And then I'd say, well, that's not available. Try again. And I'd allow the horse to kind of turn back a little. And then I'd say, try again. And every time I see the horse's thoughts thinking across, you know, that's when you just sit quietly on them and, um and then you say try again um so really you're just saying that thought behind's not available and then you give the horse a chance to think about what's in front of it and if you if you do it uh fairly carefully uh and don't just start to drive 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 then the horse will cross softly across the water sniff it cross it and it won't be such a problem if you go down the old drive push 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 pressure pressure until the horse just kind of uh, you know, realizes that they can't go backwards, so it just leaps across. And then once they leap, then then basically every every gully after that they're going to leap. So yeah, as I say, you're not kind of setting the reins to make the horse face it. When you ask for a bit of impulsion through the legs or something like that, um, your your horse has got enough freedom to turn back. And it's just when they turn back, 
you just say that's not available. The other thing I also want to look at too is if you're not using your legs to do it, you're just using the reins. So I just wiggle them across one way, get one eye on the scary thing, and then I turn them back the other way, and the two eyes come through, see it, and then the other eye. Um, and this will also show them that behind's not available, and you're just wiggling from side to side, opening up the front feet and just thinking them across to the right, and then opening up the front feet, thinking them across to the left. And then they just quietly, you know, if there's a spot there where they sort of stretch out and have a look at it, you just sort of give them some space to think about it. The other thing I also do for some horses, and this would be so they don't jump, is uh, I'd always cross, I'd step them in at an angle. So basically stepping them in at an angle means if they need to kind of back out, they can just step out sideways. Uh, and they're not just facing it straight on and they leap across, they're kind of coming in at an angle. Um, and that, that helps a lot of horses step into uh, things and go across a bit more carefully if you come in for, from the angle. But it also means, as I say, that there's a bit of an escape route for them, which makes it easier for them to go, well, you know, one foot in, one foot out. You know, they can sort of slowly figure out if they want to go in or come out. But if they think the door's closed behind them completely, uh, then they may just take the option of not thinking about it and leaping. So though you are saying behind's not available, you're not sort of you know, making it that they can't kind of think back and try it. Um, there's a little bit of room there for, for them to go, I can move away, then I can move back. Um, whereas if you sort of, yeah, just got the, the door behind them too close, uh, too closed, then, then that's when they start to push back and go, no, 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 too much pressure. So, yeah, if you just kind of work on that, you'll find that you'll just get them confident across the stream. So once they let go of that backward thought, then they're going to take on the idea of those things. Because obviously when the other horses are in front, they get the confidence off the other horse. Or when they've got a forward thought on the way home because they're free and forward and they know to get through that creek, they have to get across that creek to get to where they feel comfortable, then they'll then they'll sort of go through that creek because there's a more of a reason to do it. Yes, it's, it's not so much that it's the creek, it's that it's where they're thinking. They know the land ahead of them, but they don't on the way home, but on the way out. There's just not that's yeah. just that unknown. Yeah, yeah, right. And the creek's more a little bit more of a threat when they don't when they're not thinking that way because it's uh you know, because it's something that they're a little bit bothered by. But when they've got a, a strong forward thought, they kind of I guess they put up with it and go through it a bit like tunnel vision. Uh, they don't think about mm. it; they just kind of get through it. Whereas when they're not, they don't have that tunnel vision. They have to think about it, and and it sort of presents as a bit more of a scary thing. Okay. All right, now it's showtime here in Australia. Shows are popping up left, right and centre. And for any of you who are wanting to take your horse to the show, we've got a tip coming up from Mark. Um, he doesn't know this yet, Mark, but we've got a question from M, who would like to know how she can get her pony to trot in hand, please, so she can take it to the show. The first few attempts, she's finding her pony lagged behind her with pinned ears and attempted to bite her. Um, that's a common thing, uh, when horses, uh, follow and try and bite. It's a funny one because when you teach foals, sometimes when they start trotting behind us or leading behind us and we're in front of them, what ends up happening is after a while, I don't think they realize they're following us. They actually think they're chasing us sometimes too. And you see some get nippy and pushy, um, cause obviously with a person going in front of them and then following behind, you know, doesn't take long before they think they're driving. Um, that's sometimes why horses get nippy. The other reason is is because um, they still don't understand things very well, especially in the lead rope. 
and when they see our energy going up trying to trot them it all gets a little bit hectic and and there's a bit of emotion in there and they get a bit nippy and um you know sometimes anxious as i say sometimes pushy because they think they're driving us and stuff like that but but basically what you really want to look at is how well does the horse horse lead and how comfortable is it with leading pressure so I would always go back to lots of backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, soften in my hand, soften in my hand, not even get the horse to trot up in hand. I'd work on that for a little while because uh, when I've tried to get horses to trot in hand and I haven't done a lot of them really softening and letting go of some of the brace, it can turn into a bit of a wrestle and then you kind of got to use more stimulants or a flag or something like that to get them to wake up and move. Whereas when I've gone back to them becoming more comfortable with the feel of that not moving backwards and forwards and me you know, putting head pressure on them uh, and then softening, then it's always, a, you know, it's so much easier when they've done a lot more of that. So you might sort of aim that, okay, this week I'm not going to get her to trot, to get them to trot up in hand. I'm just going to show them how to release the pressure and move and loosen their feet up and loosen their thoughts up. And you might do some lifting till you lift until the horse kind of releases through all four feet and opens the mind up a little bit. Uh, you'll do some backwards and forwards and then you'll get to a stage that you can do some hind quarter yields and move the forequarter over and there shouldn't be any wriggling and fighting and nipping at your hand and all that sort of stuff when you when you hold your horse at the knot or, or you know under the chin um, and if you've done a fair bit of that and you feel your horse is nice and comfortable and loose uh, what what I what I do is I start the process on a longer lead so the horse has a, a lot of room to trot um, instead of like in hand like at the show you want to do it in hand uh so they're coming up beside but the first thing you want to teach them is to follow the feel of that rope when it when it when it moves forward so sometimes i might have you know two meters of rope sometimes even three meters of rope and i'll just walk on ahead and i'll i'll sometimes have a flag to, you know because the flag will get the horse to push back and really f instead you know the horse if they do just suddenly shut out a little bit to the head pressure then I might have the flag out in front and give it a pop and they'll sort of push back and wriggle a little and then they'll sort of come forward. But what I'll do is I go out ahead, I'll have the rope fairly loose so the knot's just hanging and then I'll just pick up that the rope until the knot under their chin starts to push forward and I'll create a little, if they're, if they're sort of dulling out, I might pop the flag, they'll wake up and they'll, they'll just, um, you'll see a little bit more energy come in them and they'll just release some of that pressure just a little bit as they, as they come forward. And then instead of keeping on going and speeding up and keeping on pulling, I'll just loosen that knot back down again and let them come down again. And then I'll pick up that again, create a little bit of push forward in them and then loosen again. So they just have to do a little bit. And then I'll just keep rocking up into that at a distance until they start to go, oh, I'll just, and then you'll feel them start to soften up and come through a lot softer. And then you can continue that push a little more and then they'll sort of start to trot up a little bit and then you go slow again and then you go trot up again until that root that resistance is all gone when the resist and and by having the horse at a distance they can't bite you they're, they're they're far enough away all they're learning to do is follow the feel of that rope up they might see you out ahead with a bit of energy um you know and that might help them want to go forward and catch up um but where people go wrong is they start to get their energy right up and run really fast and the horse is looking at them running, but then the horse is still leaning on the on the pole pressure. Um, and I don't think um, we want the horse to, you know, necessarily come, trot because you're running. We want to firstly get them comfortable with the leading. So at a distance, you're out of harm's way. They can't bite. And all they're doing is, you know, you're going to be quieter, but the rope's going to create a little bit more noise when you pick it up and say, come forward. So it's just between them and the rope 
for a little while until they're working really soft on that rope. And then all I do uh, is decrease the length of the rope, the softer they get. So it might be, as I say, at two meters or more, and then it might go at, you know, one and a half meters. And then eventually I'll have a foot of rope and I'll push that knot forward, they'll trot up until eventually I can have 10 centimeters of rope and I can just push up and they'll just trot up and you can put them where you like. So uh, then I'll start to practice trot up, slow down, trot up, slow down. And I'll, pro I'll probably keep a nice steady walk and they can trot up and then slow down. So I'm keeping a steady pace and they're kind of following the feel. And once they're, they're, they're really understanding it's the feel they're following, not us running and them running, then, um, then we start to kind of say, get them to jog and then we jog with them. So instead of you jogging first and hoping they're gonna jog, I, I try and get the horses to jog up and then I trot with them and match them. So, so I, I kind of mirror their flow. So they like, and it's the old Tom Dorrance saying, I follow you, you follow me, and then we go together. I like to get my horses trotting up and then I'll trot with them. They trot up, then I trot with them. And then, and then that's, that's, that's also better for the um, biting and all that sort of stuff because you don't have a lot of body language, it's just the rope. And then once they soft, then you can trot with them. And, and I find that's a little bit better for them. It takes a little bit of time. The old, the old way that everyone gets taught if they want to take their horse to the show is just get it up in hand, put a dressage stick in the rib cage and tap, 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 get it up, up, get it up, up, leading beside. And that's, that's very effective in the sense of getting something done very quick. But um, what happens is the horses end up thinking back on the stick and then they're kind of rushing forward and because we haven't done a heap of work in hand, they're still heavy in hand and bouncing around. And at the end of the day, that doesn't stop them from pulling back. It's just kind of another way of chasing them up. Um, so I think it, it's a quick way, but the, the way I'm trying to talk to you about it, you're gonna, you're gonna fix tying up. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna help loading into floats. All those things are gonna be helped because you, you're really working on the leading. Okay, staying with that sort of forward idea, Karen has a question. She's after attending a clinic with you, she has a much better relationship on the ground with her horse. But now that they've started ridden work again, she's seeing his same old reluctance to go forward. She can get the transition to a trot or canter, but he's always thinking stop and he absolutely resents the use of leg pressure. So she's starting to use more verbal cues for forward. However, he's happy to yield off the leg. So she wants to know, how does she help him to think forward without the ear pinning and the head tossing? And she also says he is actually much more forward out in the paddock, but he's meant to be a dressage horse. <laughs> but a horse's relationship to us is important and a horse needs to be connected and safe around us because it's such a close operating platform when we're riding. We're with our horses all the time, so it's imperative that our horse trusts us and has a connection with us. Um, but that's not, that's only one part of the whole equation. And uh, it's important that you've worked on that and got that established. In, in groundwork, when our horses feel safe with us, our job is to empower them to be able to be good leaders. We direct and in some respects they lead. And sometimes in groundwork, we can get a little bit sort of we're leading it all the time and so what I mean by and, and as I said just for the last question you know the Tom Donald saying I follow you you follow me and then we go together um, we're teaching our horses in groundwork to go uh, to think something and go towards their thoughts 
and we tag along to offer them guidance and that's what writing's about the horse leads thinks through the situation thinks thinks over the log or whatever we're riding wherever we're riding and we tag along um, so in your groundwork you've also got to set up little situations where you've got your horse to lead out go towards his thoughts and you tag along and follow and then you test it uh, its connection or its ability to you know not destinate by asking it a question that question could be just follow the feel of that lead right back so a lot of groundwork lessons i'll do and something you might want to think about before you ride too is encouraging your horse to walk on by and travel out on a long rope and search ahead while you follow um so check check into that on the groundwork and then in the ridden work by the sounds of it i'm not sure exactly what you meant by the the horse yields well off the leg because it's um when your horse doesn't want to go forward it's not moving forward off the legs so i'm guessing maybe you're saying it yields sideways off the legs and stuff like that so it's sensitive off the legs um but when the legs say go forward and it's got a backward thought it's going no the legs are kind of like a pusher now if a horse doesn't have a lot of confidence um i try and put a human emotion or a human experience or feeling into my teaching students because I want them to think about imagine if you're in that situation what would you do so a horse that doesn't have a lot of confidence or something like that or is thinking backwards sometimes you can imagine okay I've just put you in the jungle and there's highly trained enemy everywhere like the Viet Cong all hiding in the jungle and I want you to walk forwards how are you going to walk forwards you're going to walk forward very carefully and you're not going to miss anything um, and you're going to walk slowly you're not going to just rush through otherwise you're going to get um, you know you're going to get shot but imagine if someone had a gun to your back pushing you forwards you'd be sucking back like that going no 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna they're, they're gonna they're gonna find me they're gonna find me so how we walk through a scary environment that we've never been before with possible enemies out there would be the same way a horse would walk through a new environment we're not scared of a garbage bin, so we don't see it as a threat, but the horse the horse does, and the horse doesn't understand it. So we have to be very careful that we sort of give them time enough in those new environments to explore. And too often, we see a lack of impulsion, so we squeeze and kick, whereas the lack of impulsion was because the horse was going, oh, too many scary things, or I'm thinking backwards or whatever. So then they, they get kind of dull on the legs and they suck back on the legs. So you, you sort of, the first so many times in getting a horse to think forward softly and go forward softly is you're trying to get them, well, you're trying to allow them go at their processing speed until they learn that things are safer in front of them and it's not so scary. And when they get more confidence um, and they're starting to sort of have more education on them, then they can go into new environments and operate so much better and faster uh, and have good impulsion and things like that. So. In saying that, that's what I want you to think about when you use your legs. They're not just a pusher, and you, sometimes you, the horses aren't lazy. That's what I sort of make, want to make clear to everybody. That's why I use the reins to get a horse to move forward is because I cannot make a horse go away from home itself if I'm just pushing it. The horse has to choose it. So... I might create a bit of impulsion with the legs and then when the horse turns back somewhere I'll just steer it and 
steer it again when it stops. So basically like um, I'm not pointing and kicking and pointing and kicking. So what I would encourage you to do with your horse is maybe use the reins to free its feet up. So basically when your horse gets stuck, just hold a rein, steer it till it moves, hold a rein, steer it till it moves. What will happen is it will keep moving back into the direction it wants to go or feel safe. And then when it goes that way, you can redirect it again. And not necessarily exactly where you want it to go, just redirect it, just take a rein, redirect it. And what will start to happen is every direction will become equal. You like doing an asterisk, you know, every direction becomes equal and the horse will start to walk out and explore in every direction. Once every direction becomes equal, the horse has chosen to go in those new directions and, and probably sort of uh, made an assumption that things are starting to be safe and it can do that. And then when every direction is equal, it's not stuck at the yards in its mind and, or something like that. And then once, the, once every direction is equal, that's when you start to accelerate. But I would teach your horse to move forward off the legs. I do let, less lateral work with the legs and more impulsion work. So once the horse in the arena chooses every direction to be equal, it'll walk in, in, in every direction at its speed. You, you haven't chosen the speed yet. It's just had to choose, choose that pathway in its mind to lead out ahead and you just tag along on the saddle following it. If it stops, offer it a new direction. Um, so every time the horse uh, jams up and stops and all that sort of thing, free it up with the reins, don't kick it. Once the horse is freeing the reins and moving freely, the thoughts are free, then you start doing acceleration. And a lot of times I'll talk, teach the horses to accelerate in their most favorite direction or which was what was their most favorite direction. So it's easy for them to want to go forward off the legs. And I'll get nice quick impulsion. I'll say, come on, let's move forward off the legs and they'll trot up. And then I'll go back to using the reins. Every time the horse gets stuck because it's mine somewhere else, you use the reins. The horse frees up again, frees up the feet, frees up the mind, starts moving. And, and then after maybe a hundred goes, it's, it, at, at using your legs and the horse speeds up happily in this direction then soon it's done a hundred transitions that have been positive and you'll find the horses free are going all directions um, and you're reinventing the legs and saying these are a good thing and they're just to make you speed up legs are not there to say keep going keep going or go go push 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 you must go that way legs are there to create more impulsion more speed but they're not there to like a gun at someone's back saying keep moving forward keep moving forward if you use them like a gun at someone's back to keep moving forward then the horse eventually just sucks back on them and gets real ear pinny with the legs and stuff like that so the reins are most effective at getting a horse unstuck in the mind and the feet once that's happened explore the acceleration and teach your horse how to move softly off the legs and do acceleration as a lesson not as a you will go somewhere and then you'll find your horses will free up a lot more on the legs. Can you just very quickly, just, just you know, in one or two sentences, just explain um, what your thoughts are as to why why the um, arena is where it's getting a bit stuck around the paddock, it's much more freer? Well, in, in an arena, the horse is kind of, you know, maybe there's, there's not much to look at. Um, some horses, the interesting thing when they get out is there's different reasons, but some horses block up. They get, they're okay in the arena, but they block up outside because there's so many new things out there. It overwhelms them. Uh, it's almost like the enemy's out there everywhere and, I, and I'm sucking back. Whereas in the arena, they're comfortable and they can move around and it's kind of like their little bedroom where they feel safe. So some horses, it's the opposite. Um, so, But, but for, for this particular horse, by the sounds of it, it's one of those horses that gets out and goes, oh, shiny things. And there's all these things to look at and they kind of just look off in the distance. And because their thoughts are so far ahead, well, where are their, where are their feet going to go where their thoughts are? 
So um, they shut down a bit in the arena. And also, people ride different in the arena than outside. They tend to, you know, push, push, push in an arena and then let the horse kind of go outside. And uh, But a lot of horses just see more things. There's more stimulant. Sometimes that little bit of adrenaline in them from all the things that they're looking at actually makes its own movement. And because their thoughts are ahead, they just kind of mm. go ahead and they sort of pick destinations and go to them. So it has this effect that makes them move forward. And some horses, you know, they, they move forward in a, they, 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 they're not, they've got no confidence in the arena, but then when they get outside, they suddenly fixate and just go and block all the scary things out like they're going to the light at the end of the tunnel. And that sometimes gives them a lot more forward. Um, but, but, yeah, oftentimes it can be that little bit more adrenaline uh, and they open up more, which means more movement, um, more mm. desire, more acceleration. Okay, thank you. And the next question, which is the last one for this session, is from Judy. So you know her horse, Xavier. He was a shutdown horse that you helped last year. Yeah. And when you knew him he'd sort of come back from a trainer and he was bucking with the girthing and judy's taking him on and, and with your help she sort of has got round that and he has stopped doing the bucking when she girths him but she recently took him to a friend's farm and he was as you say taking photos lots of distractions when she got him off the float so she did the exercises that you taught her um getting him to get a little bit more focused so backing turning the hindquarters sending past in both ways but she thinks she may have missed something because when she tightened the girth, he was standing still and he did put a buck in. So she's wondering, should she have moved him? But interestingly, and it's going to quickly slip this one in, three days later, she floated him to another venue and he was calm, willing and focused. So very different. Yeah, um, I was thinking about that question because I, I do uh, remember him because he... he um you know, made some quite significant changes, which was really good. So just for all the listeners out there and, and, and Judy, um, what, what I want to sort of talk about is why he bucked when he first originally bucked, I guess, when Judy saw him um, before she brought him to my clinic and what she explained to me and why he bucked. So this, the horse I met the first time was a frozen sort of shut down horse that also had a, a, a bit of a gaze on him like a, a just a just a kind of a but he wasn't like one of those real gazy off horses he was more sort of just still frozen in a certain position not the hidey down too much it was just up frozen with a glazy gazy eye um and we did a lot of just getting him to um think as in you know think away from pressure and start looking for opportunity so we did a lot of look for opportunity lessons you know put a little flag near his eye shake it a little bit till he kind of looks away from danger instead of fixate on danger and stuff like that once he started to open up his senses opened up all the way through uh he started to think and his mind his his, his, his um his um his freedom of thought really opened up so it was almost like he had a stuck thought like a marble stuck in one spot um you know like a like it's been rusted there and then we we put a heap of grease and stuff in and then that marble started to roll around and what i mean by that is, is if we did something if we even went up and just wriggled our finger near his eye he'd kind of you'd see him go oh there's something happening i'm going to look over there or uh so you know everything we were doing around him he was um sensitive to and he was also 
very uh, willing to search for new things. So, so his mind was constantly working, ears were flicking. Uh, so we basically turned him back on again emotionally. Um, and his desire to search came back and his awareness of what was around him, the people around him, the girths, all the things that we were doing, he became aware of. So that was like how we kind of originally opened him up um, or that's what we did, did in opening him up. Um, so I'm guessing what's happened in a new environment is it was just a slightly overwhelming environment and he went back into his freezy, like, holy cow, everything's going on, I'm a bit tight and I'm just kind of a little hyper-focused on everything, um, which meant he was blocking out uh, the things that you were doing. Uh, so as there was a moment of freeze went through his body, like he was frozen at the time that he bronked um, before he came to my clinic was, uh, you know, I said to you, he's just got girthed up when he was frozen and then just his senses came to life in one big explosion and he bronked. So what was happening, he was probably getting a little overwhelmed and he went back into that freeze kind of gaze at things disconnect off you and what's happening and then even though you're doing your best to get his, his mind and feet kind of back on back on track again, uh, there was a bit of freeze in him when you were saddling him and then there was all then, then there was a rush of oh crikey, you got the saddle on because he wasn't truly aware of exactly what you're doing, he wasn't loose and thinking about it. So um you did the right things. I just don't, I think you might have just not quite had him emotionally there. So I probably had it, had, if you had, if you're doing it again and he was like that, I'd just leave the saddling. I'd take him, I'd get him on a you know long rope. I'd get him to come up a little bit. I'd just go for a walk with him. I'd get his attention off, off, off fixating on things. And I just try and work really hard on getting him back and aware of his environment and where he is. And I would forget about the overloading with the extra things. Um, I just work on the one thing and take the pressure off you, take the pressure off him in the sense of having to do all this other stuff and just work on him becoming aware, soft and resetting in that environment and rewarding him for that because you know, he was really stuck when I first met him. You've done a good job of keeping him unstuck, but that environment might have been just a little too much. And both for you and him working in that environment would have been better to uh, choose an easy thing or the most important thing for him to do and just leave it at that, just so he's kind of connected and reset well in that environment. And then, um, then in the easier environments where he's a lot softer, that's when you can saddle him and start riding him and stuff like that but just work on getting him back in touch with his senses when he's getting an overload. So, you know, so you don't have to work as hard thinking about, oh, I've got to saddle him, I've got to do this, I want to ride him. You just put him in the best possible place so you could possibly think about saddling him and leaving him at that so you've done that in that environment and you get good at connecting him in that environment and he gets a lot, a lot better at it in those um, sort of challenging environments. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mark. And thank you to everyone for their questions. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks, everybody. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos, which everyone has access to with a seven day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.